0: You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit your game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your
1: name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't lie.
0: What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. David, we got a couple of voicemails that we're going to tackle. One from our buddy Chris and the other one from our buddy Canyon. I'm guessing the majority of this conversation is going to be dominated by Canyon's call because there was some interesting information that came out on Thursday regarding exactly what he called about. But let's go ahead and kick things off with what, uh, with what our buddy Chris had to say.
2: Hey James. Hey David. It's Chris at TB underscore bucks underscore for life. I'm alive and well. Uh, so I just wanted to comment on the, uh, what's the name? Larry Rose, Larry! the official, I guess I thought the Bucks had already hired this guy like a month and a half ago. So it really wasn't news to me because I thought that's what the plan already re- already was. But I see two advantages. First advantage being, and I think Bruce Arians already said this, owner's meeting or sometime before that, that he doesn't want to have to scream at the ref, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously his concern, a big concern for the Glazers was his health. So if he doesn't have to scream at the ref, then, uh you know, and he's not calling or uh, calling plays. So that, that helps the health of Bruce Arians and then the second advantage is where so many um, coaches and media personalities put so much stock in analytics I'm just wondering you know if if a lot of people are going to follow Bruce Arians lead you know if it is successful because I think if you can have a guy in your corner that's going to tell you hey you're not going to win this challenge save the challenge save the time out you might need it later I just think it's a brilliant idea you know Uh, I'm not sure what Cutter's percentage on winning challenges were. I don't know. He didn't challenge much, but he didn't win a lot either. So, um, so I see a definitely advantage to it, and you know it can help relay the new rules to the coaches and the players each week versus the coaches trying to decipher what the rules actually are pretty much from my understanding is he will have like uh not a direct line to the league office but the pretty good communications with the head of officiating at the league office and he'll be able to clarify a lot of things so i mean i'm interested to see how it works out and if it does you know how many teams follow uh bruce Arians' lead on this but uh the other guy you guys mentioned andrew weidegger Cutter's guy he hired to just sit in the booth and not listen to him for three seasons. Um yeah. I mean would have been I guess an advantage if Cutter would have listened to him, but we all know how that went past the past so. but uh great getting back on the line with you guys. Uh draft is a few weeks away. Can't wait to see who the Bucks pick. Um just ready for it to come and go so that we can look forward.
0: All right, Chris, thank you very much for the call. And yeah, David, we've already kind of touched on this that you know, having an official in the building helping coach up the players as far as understanding the rules, understanding what the what the league is looking for. Un- he has kind of an understanding as to some of these uh, some of these referees and these officials. You know what they look for, what they're a little more strict on, what they're a little more lenient on, things like that. But it's really overall going to help the team understand better what they can do, what not to do, what to avoid, exactly what officials are looking for. You know, maybe it's going to be one of those situations where it cuts down a little bit on the Mike Evans offensive pass interferences because he'll have a little bit better control of the way he's utilizing his hands when the ball is in the air. You know, little things like that, you know, tend to pile up and they add up and and can lead to big things down the line. You know, 15 yards here, 10 yards there, you know, 10 yards there. You know, that adds up. And and it could be the difference between winning a 31 to 28 football game or losing a 28 to 24 football game. So again, you know, I I don't want to rehash too much more regarding the, the hire of the official, uh, but I think it was a smart move. And I mean, what, what do they have to lose? Right. I know when, when the
1: news was made official or, or whatever, they kind of talked down about it, but I mean, it, it really is a smart, just at the end of the day, there there is a such thing as like too many hands in the basket or too many minds what coach arians and what the staff is doing and what jason Lye is doing is they're putting together a smart staff that's going to make things more efficient and again like i said before as long as at the end of the day this isn't a situation where larry, larry! is calling any type of shots or anything where it's it's bruce directing the ship and you know larry, larry just has kind of his role on the on the boat then it's it'll it should work perfectly fine but um, I, I kind of thought about something later on, and I don't know, again, what, what Coach Arians, uh, what his full plan is for for this guy, but I know in baseball, I'm not a huge baseball person, but I'm sure they still do it. Teams will actually scout umpires, the home plate umpire for the game that they're going to have because they have specific zones and they have specific things they like to call and things that they don't, they don't like to call, stuff like that. And what I'm hoping that one of Larry's Larry! jobs is going to be is to basically do a weekly roll up of calls that were overturned, the details behind them, and basically build scouting reports. You know that's that's kind of what your your quality assurance, quality control coaches for for your team do is they kind of scout ahead, and then when when the week to to prepare against a certain opponent comes, the the idea is they give the offense coordinator, defense coordinator a head start with the scout work they've already done, and that's how the scout team gets gets prepared for the next opponent and so on and so forth. Well, I kind of want to see if Larry is gonna do the same thing. Like if he's gonna come in and say, okay, you know, in, in week two, we can look back at week one and say, you know, this many pass interference calls were overturned, or this many missed pass interference calls were then enforced later because of challenges and so on and so forth, and uh kind of kind of build some sort of analytics, I guess, database of how overturning or getting to calls overturned works. And then on top of that this officiating staff calls more holds you know, on pull plays than anybody else, or this officiating staff calls more pass interference. Because I think what you're going to find if you do that sort of thing is towards the end of the season, you're going to be able to determine this officiating staff that we're coming in with, they don't really call a lot of penalties towards the end of the game if it's within one score. They kind of let the players play and kind of let things fall as they may. And if that's the case, then that could go into your challenge strategies because if you've got to play with four minutes left in the fourth quarter, it's a one-score game, and you know coming into it that this officiating staff through the first 14, 15 weeks of the season has not called a lot of penalties. Because they like to let players determine the end of the game, that could, like I said, that could impact your decision on on whether you challenge or not. Yeah, it's just, it's I, I, I just kind of thought of another layer of it, you know, because I, I don't figure they're going to put this guy in a full payroll Position to sit in the booth 15 weeks or 16 weeks out of the year and say, yeah, coach, you should challenge that or no, coach, you probably shouldn't because not for nothing. um, Give me a monitor and a headset and I can do that. But I think that what what Larry Larry might be able to bring to the table more is how to look at it from an officiating standpoint and kind of pick up on some of those trends
0: all right well david why don't we hear what our buddy canyon called in about hey boys canyon from denver here man
2: i'm sure you're getting blown up but uh just want to talk about the schedule real quick uh i wanted to see what y'all thought like what week would be an impact week for the bucks like what what game do you think would would really signify like hey the bucks are here and we're here to kick ass you know um for me i think the weeks uh four through nine, uh, are going to be the big one. Uh, the Rams saying going to the Panthers and then ending with the Seahawks. Uh, I think if we can get them wins within those weeks, uh, people are going to start noticing what we're doing, you know, also, do you see this schedule affecting the draft at all? Uh, anyway, guys, I was just uh, curious to hear what y'all thought. Anyway, go bucks and have a good day.
0: All right. Canyon really appreciate the calls. Uh, David, you want to take his, uh, his first question first, or you want me to go?
1: Sure, I can I can talk about that. So as far as the schedule is concerned, yeah, I think I think for weeks four through nine is I mean that's that's the critical uh junction of this of the season. And honestly, I mean I, I look at it so you mentioned the first three games of, of kind of having a need of getting out of there, you know, two and one. And I agree with that. But I think the the back to back games against the Rams and the Saints are really gonna kind of set the tone because if if they lose both of those games or win both of those games those are going to be two big tie turners because then you're going into london and europe's i mean europe's football fan base has has definitely gotten better you know i think over the last few years um but in large part those those fans over there are are going to be going to the game basically just looking for a good game and i kind of we've kind of talked about this before with with my experiences overseas and, and watching World League football, and if the Buccaneers can come in having beaten the Rams or the Saints or both, I mean that'd be great. Then that coupled on or uh, paired on piled on top of having Bruce Arians, who is a very well known you know figure to any football fan, is is going to help them with that overseas crowd. So if if you have that team coming in, say three or four and one or, you know, whatever whatever combination of record you have, then the team, the crowd over there is, is, more, at, is more likely to kind of want to be on the Buccaneers' side, uh, so to speak, which it, it's not going to be a home atmosphere. But any player, any human being, when you hear people cheering for you and applauding for you, getting excited for what you're doing, it pumps you up, it helps keep you motivated uh, throughout the contest. So that'll help. And honestly, if I had to pick between the two, I would say the Saints game is more important than the Rams game. I think that if, if the Buccaneers were to win the Rams game but then lose the Saints game before they head over to London, you're you're still looking at a situation where they're coming off of a loss, so there's, there's really not kind of a – when you talk about the roller coaster of the season, they're not on an uphill climb or an upward tra- trajectory. Whereas if they lose to the Rams and then they beat the Saints, then they're coming in off of a win. They're coming in after beating uh, a, a Super Bowl contender, a playoff team, a well-known team like the the fans that are in Europe who are not fans of a specific team, but maybe just casual fans of the game are going to know who Drew Brees is. They're going to know who the saints are. So having beaten a team like that, before you go into uh, London where a lot of those fans are going to be seeing the Buccaneers for the first time, you know, in person. And I know the bucks have a very good fan base in, in England, but there's going to be more fans there that aren't fans of the Buccaneers and there are fans of the Buccaneers. So that would just kind of help. I don't know. That's probably getting too deep into it. But I think getting as much help as you can going into that matchup, because that's kind of the, the the hardest part of this first road trip of the season is going from Los Angeles to New Orleans and then all the way to England.
0: And then, you know, back to Tennessee. Um, yeah. I I agree with everything you just said. But if I have to pick one game – that's going to be kind of that catalyst, that most important, I'm going to pick the Rams. And it's going to be because, number one, it is a very difficult road game. But number two, you have the opportunity to go into the house of the defending NFC champion, a high-octane offense. You're going to have offensive mind versus offensive mind, one of the oldest coaches in the league versus one of the youngest coaches in the league in in an epic chess match. And if the Bucs can come away from that game with a win, yeah, it would still kind of sting a little bit if they were to lose to New Orleans the following week. But to go out there and beat a team that just competed in a Super Bowl on their home turf, that's huge. That means that the buccaneers are making the statement they can compete with anyone and they would still have their shot at revenge at the saints in week 11 so if they can head over to london with at least a 3 and 2 record you need to come out of that opening stretch 2 and 1 you need to head over to london at 3 and 2 at the very minimum to have an opportunity to withstand this this 7 week span that is just absolutely brutal that we'll we'll get to in a minute but i i would i would put my my star next to the rams game as if i have to choose one that is absolutely the game that i feel is the most important but that being said had you not discussed kind of that that two game stretch right before they go to london that's exactly the way that i was thinking about it
1: i wonder i was wondering today and i don't know how likely it is i don't know really if it would violate any type of cba rules it might um but i don't know like i just i look at it and i kind of wonder if the buccaneers don't at least float the idea of flying out to los angeles for for week four And instead of flying all the way to Florida, they just go straight to New New Orleans. Orleans. Just fly to New Orleans and or fly to Louisiana. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know, maybe see if LSU will help you out or something and, and let you use their, their facility to practice or something. That has been done before. Yeah. I know it's been done in the past. I just don't know if it's still allowed with the current CBA. I don't know when the last time that happened was. So
0: I want to say it was just a few years ago. It was Uh it was since the last CBA was was finalized. So I I don't think it would be a violation of of any of the rules.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I just I look at it and I'm someone, you know, I travel a lot for work and I know other people out there do too. And in my opinion, again, I'm just one person, so I could be completely off base. I don't know how the players and the staff on the team obviously feel. Uh, I think it's more important how the players would feel about it than the staff, honestly. But if you're if you're just kind of in that mindset of a, of a business trip, I know it would be longer than usual, but still, you're just in that mindset of being on a business trip. Then it's less taxing on your psyche. It's less taxing on your body. It, the less stressed out you are because of it, the the better your body is able to heal, and you don't have to worry about the constant. You know, that's 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 five weeks playing of. Going from home life to road life to home life to road life to home life to road life, versus getting that kind of extended time home to to be there when you have those home games, breaking up those back to back road trips. So I just kind of wonder if because of this, you just do three weeks on the road, like go to Los Angeles, do that week, go to New Orleans, do that week. You know, maybe swing through Florida, pick up the families, head over to head over to England, do that week, and then you come back and you've got your buy. And, you know, getting that one week in there in between makes sense because it's a bye week. So obviously, you know, you might want to take a vacation or something, but you definitely want to be with your family. And then it's a short trip up to Tennessee and then all the way to Seattle. Uh, Is it Tennessee first and then Seattle or Seattle? Yes. Uh, So, you know, I mean, I just to me, that makes sense in the aspect of it allows your players to stay in, in 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 a certain type of mind frame or mindset instead of constantly bouncing back and forth because you're constantly going home. But at the same time, then you're not talking about – like you're not going to be at your facility. So I don't know. Like Even if LSU were to help them out, what does LSU's facility have versus what Tampa's facility has as far as like recovery equipment and training equipment and stuff like You know what I mean? I know LSU is a good program, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're up to par with an NFL program. Uh, and then, of course, you always have the potential that LSU's like, no way, we're not going to help you beat the Saints. Go to Louisiana Techers. I don't know. But just, just kind of a thought. Again, I don't know if it's something that's even going to float around uh, the Advent Health Training Center or not, but something that floated around my head. So I just figured I'd throw it out and see if anybody wanted to smash me on Twitter for it.
0: Oh, well, I mean, the Bucks will have an end with LSU with Kendall Beckwith and Devin White on the roster. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. You know what? So
1: since <laughs> you brought that up... Um, I've had some some pretty interesting conversations today on Twitter with people about that that exact topic. And I, I appreciate all the conversations. Um, none of them, let me go back through the day. Yeah, none of them got to the point where I just said I'm not talking to this person anymore. And I'm always I'm always down to talk football as long as we're being respectful. You know what I, mean? I I try to be respectful of people. I want people to be respectful back because it's okay to disagree. It's it's that's life. Um, I kind of lost track of one like chef. I know Chef got involved in one of the conversations. They kind of just started going, so I just kind of exited that conversation myself. Um, But talking about whether or not interior linebackers and we've already established that at least on the lockdown bucks podcast, we think that it is enough of a need to justify taking Devin white at five if necessary, but we are in support of taking Devin white with a trade back if possible. Um, I think it's a little bit more possible than you do based off yesterday's episode, JC Cornell, uh, our good friend, tweeted shortly before we started recording that he's pretty sure the Raiders are taking Devin white at number four. Yeah, if that happens, the entire conversation is moot because you're definitely not taking Devin Bush at five. There is a small oh, drop God, no. off in talent, but it's, it's big enough that you're not taking Devin Bush at five. I did think of a scenario where inside interior linebacker becomes less of a need. And that's if Kendall Beckwith gets a clean bill of health, because again, traditionally when you're talking about four, three outside linebackers, if you switch to a three, four those outside linebackers, move inside. And I kind of view it similar to what the Carolina Panthers are going through. So the Carolina Panthers have an obvious interior linebacker in Luke Kuechly that they can lean on. And then they have another guy who was a, what they were using as a 4-3 outside linebacker that they're talking about moving inside. And I know that's what we're talking about doing with Levante, but I feel like Kendall uh, could also make that move if he can play again. And that's a, that's a big if to me. That's a conversation I had on Twitter with someone is whether or not this Kendall Beckwith stuff is all uh, games and shadowing and, you know, and and uh, what is it called, misdirection and all that stuff. And I made, you know, in, as far as I'm concerned, not having a third-year player on the practice field working out with the team, and I mean NFL working out with the team, uh, is, is not worth any type of smokescreen that you're going to get from the draft because Kendall Beckwith, if he needs anything, it's time with the team and time in football. He doesn't need to sit in the shadows. as as some part of a draft game. So I don't believe that's at all what's happening uh, with the Buccaneers. I think Kendall Beckwith's ankle is a serious concern. I think his career is very much in jeopardy, and I think nobody right now knows what's going to happen. But here's what I think. I think that all the news that the Bucs have gotten and Kendall Beckwith has gotten up to this point has been bad. And they're essentially seeking out anybody who will tell them good news. I really feel like that's where the team is right now because – listening to Jason, I talk about the the people they're going, you know, having him see and talking to about what's going on with him. It just, it felt to me like this is a situation where the team feels really bad for Kendall Beckwith because of the potential he showed in his rookie year. The fact that he was coming off of an injury in that year alone. And then for something like this to happen where you get into a car accident and, you know, I mean, I don't want to call it a freak accident, but I mean, it's typically you don't walk away from, from you either have a very clear, like, this is a serious accident or this is not a serious accident. And when it was first reported, it was like, oh, he hurt his ankle. He'll be out for a little while. They'll be back. And then, obviously, it was more than that. And now you're talking about the dude might lose his career. So, obviously, I think they feel bad for him, and they're going to go with him through every single step of the way. I mean, the Steelers are sticking with Ryan Shazier. There's no reason the Buccaneers shouldn't stick with Kendall Beckwith. But if Kendall Beckwith gets cleared, which he's not going to get cleared by the draft, that's part of this problem. Is he's not going to be cleared by the draft? Then, honestly, like if you tell me Levante, David, and Kendall Beckwith are potential inside linebackers for the Buccaneers, I'm good passing on Devin White. As much as I love him in this draft class, and I think he's going to be a, a legit uh, off-ball interior linebacker, defense quarterback for his entire career, I would be okay with Kendall Beckwith, Levante David being interior linebackers. And now you go get yourself an Ed Oliver or Brian Burns. You know, uh, basically anybody not named Josh Allen or Rashawn Gary. And but because of Kendall Beckwith's issues and because of the fact that I mean, I haven't has Bruce Arians said Levante is actually moving inside. I know in his initial press conference, you kind of mentioned we got one of the best inside linebackers in Levante David. But then ever since then, we've also heard, well, he's gonna be doing a lot of pass rushing and we're really looking forward to getting him after the quarterback and so on and so forth. Typically, that's not a comment you make about the quarterback of your defense. Yeah. So I, so just some curiosity there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't heard anything from them, but it seems like they might utilize Levante David in both spots. You know, they may they may develop some packages where you have you know JPP and and NASA lined up as the three four defensive ends. You got Noah Spence and Levante David standing up as the the outside linebackers, and just going suicide blitz kind of kind of play yeah you know, so i we we really don't know but yeah i'm I'm with you you know if if Kendall Beckwith's career wasn't in question right now i would I would feel the same way, but the situation we're in is as you said, it was like, oh, well, it was a broken ankle he'll he's gonna miss um you know o t a s but he should be back for training camp then it was he's not going to be ready for training camp. He might be ready after the preseason. And then it just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And then, you know, next thing we know, it's, you know, he may never play again. Like, this is very serious at this point in time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that <clears throat> that's kind of what what has thrown a, a wrench in this whole thing. But, David, before we get on to the, uh, the second half of Canyon's question, uh, the – the senior director of broadcast planning and scheduling for the NFL, a gentleman named Mike North, was on Sirius XM NFL radio and basically came out and said that Tampa Bay's schedule sucks. And if they could have one redo, it would be the Bucs schedule. And, you know, they're not supposed to root for a team, but he's going to be rooting for the Buccaneers in October to to overcome this adversity of not being at home for seven weeks. I mean, it's it's really inexcusable. And, and the Tampa Bay Times had, had written up a story, and it said that the league used an algorithm that pumped out 64,713 different schedules. So you mean to tell me that in the 64,712 that they didn't use, you know, this was the best option for the Bucks. Like how do you, how do you stick a team without playing a game in their own stadium for 49 days? And on top of that, they're not even the only one. The Raiders don't play a home game for six weeks. There had to be better options out there. And, and Mike North is now basically walking around with egg on his face and kind of sort of bashing the the company that he works for. Like, yeah, we screwed this up pretty bad, but we went ahead and rolled with it. Yeah, so I was definitely surprised about
1: the schedule. I think we all were. Good teams will overcome this stuff. And that's kind of what we're talking about. I think that's kind of what Canyon is talking about. If the Buccaneers can come through this stretch 500 or better, then the league is going to take notice, and the league is going to say, oh, man, the Bucks might be for real because that's something that's really hard to do that's something that's going to be really hard to do i haven't seen anybody saying that that, like it's 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 all bs like there's there's really no impact or it's not really significant it's significant there are people inside these situations who are are very unhappy with with this happening so it's it's very real it's not just an outsider's opinion saying man that must suck it it does suck and the raiders are in the same boat and i kind of sent out a tweet last night that somebody must have somebody must have egged this dude's house on Halloween last year, dressed as a pirate because the bucks and Raiders both Mm -hmm. got screwed. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, but so that's surprise. Number one is that whole thing just in general surprise. Number two is the fact that this dude came out and said it like, yeah, that can't be good for your job security because the NFL already has an image issue, whether it's domestic violence, sexual assault, drug use, alcohol abuse, uh, patriotism. You know what I mean? Like, the nfl is never without some sort of drama of the month or drama of the moment to to deal with and right now they kind of don't have a drama like the the big drama right now is kyler murray and that's good drama because that's attention and that's excitement and that's you know conversation but now you have a little bit of negative drama i don't think it's going to blow up blow up like by the end of this weekend nobody will probably ever talk about this moment again but the fact that this dude came out and i mean i appreciate the the honesty because that's what we always ask for is the honesty and, and the truth So I don't want to bash him for giving us what we asked for, but wow. Like I would fully expect a canned answer. And I'm not sure who the first person to talk to him was, but I know Nate Davis uh, from USA Today, who James, you and I had the pleasure of meeting in Indianapolis at the Combine. Uh, He was the first person that I saw kind of say I directly spoke to this guy. So I don't know if he's the originator of the entire story, but I know that he was one of the first ones to really kind of engage him and say, hey, what's up? with the schedule and get kind of those comments of, you know, my bad wish we could redo it. And the last thing I want to say before I turn it back over to you is if anybody from the legal office is listening, listen, $20,000, give me three months in an office. And I will do this whole thing by myself. You don't even need to worry about computers. <laughs> and trust me, I will figure this thing out to where a team will not get six road games uh, or six weeks without playing a game in their home stadium.
0: It's, it's a puzzle. That's what it is. It's, it's a giant puzzle. It is, but it can be figured out. And and of course, you know, we know the, the league has to deal with, you know, scheduling conflicts with the, with the stadiums. You know, you still have, especially down in the Florida area, you have these big concerts that roll through, you have college schedules that you got to work around. It is a lot of work, but yeah, I mean, you, you, David, you said off the air and I agree completely. You're a multi-billion dollar a year company. You can't hire on three or four people, you know, You know, outsource this work, so to speak, yeah. and, and have them hash this out rather than rely on a, on a computer algorithm that obviously isn't working because you just screwed two teams real hard on this schedule.
1: That's what I'm saying. 20 grand in an office and I'm good. You know what? 20 grand and two tickets to the Super Bowl. I'll do it from home <laughs> on a Google Doc.
0: You know, you may, what would you take? Would you take 17 if they brought me on at 17 as well and you and I can do it together? Only if you're getting me pancakes every morning. Well, you said from home, we can do this via, you know, video conference and sharing a Google Doc. Mm, maybe. How about if I DoorDash you pancakes one day from my <laughs> house to yours? I don't think DoorDash is allowed
1: onto my quote unquote gated community.
0: Oh, that's a, that's a fair point. All right, I'll just mail you pancake mix. But anyway, <laughs> Canyon, to answer your second question, the schedule has absolutely zero influence in any way, shape, or form about what the Buccaneers are going to do in the draft. If you're drafting players strictly based off of your schedule, you're doing it wrong. That is, that is a very short-sighted view of how to build a football team Anybody they take, they are taking them to build around them and continue to improve the team for the long haul. So, no, the the schedule has absolutely zero to do with their draft strategy. They didn't, you know, Bruce and, and Jason didn't race into the office and start rearranging their big board based on a seven-week stretch that they aren't playing at home. Instead, they probably, you know, screamed at whoever emailed them the schedule and said, you know, what are, are – what are we supposed to do with this and, and then moved on. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll have no impact whatsoever.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't have any other information to contradict what you just said.
0: Well, that's good. At least we agree on something. No, we don't. <laughs> For we this do have two iTunes reviews to read though. Oh, we do. Yeah. Well, you, you have iTunes. I do not. So you're going to have to read these. Yeah, so uh, I'm excited to a, hear
1: them. I'm the winner. I'll read the, the winning comments from the other winners who have Apple.
0: Uh,
1: uh... So, so the first one is from Greco, and technically he submitted this before you started soliciting people to leave us iTunes reviews and help other Bucks fans find us on Apple uh, products. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to read it because he's kind of the inspiration for why we started asking you guys to leave us uh, comments and, and ratings. So here's what he wrote. Uh, he wrote a plus podcast attention to detail is important to me. You guys really give listeners depth in your answers. I'll be a regular listener, constant question sender and full-time plunderer of the booty. <laughs> Keep up the great work. <laughs> Hashtag go bucks. This podcast is powered by Greco knowledge. P.S. You'll only be more confused. So that's, that's Greco and that's, that's classic Greco. Much appreciated. Greco. Love you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, we definitely, definitely appreciate it. Um, and then we got another one after you asked people to go on there and, and rate us. And this, oh, so goes was a five star review. Uh, actually, our last handful going back to last year were five star reviews, so that's nice. This one was also a five star review. Donovan from Philly, and he he wrote, "Keep up the good work. I wish this podcast could be an hour long, especially when David gets a bunch of air in his lungs. Laugh out loud. <laughs> you know, so." I'm actually in a class right now, uh, this week about not being not so much counseling, but it's it's kind of like the inner. It's like a I don't know. Call it like first aid for mental health, right? For first responders, so people who you know respond to crime scenes or, or accidents or you know fires, what have you, and then kind of being that go between to kind of give them someone to kind of talk to and kind of help assess. You know, if this is a person who might need you know some some additional help, some additional attention. Or if they're just someone who needs kind of vent uh, type of thing. And one of the things we had to evaluate in this course is our ability to listen. And so we had to kind of self diagnose our listening skills. And one of them is I speak in short, succinct thoughts. And I was like, yeah, no, we're just gonna, we're gonna mark that, I need a lot of help on that. So I'm glad you enjoy my my soapbox moments because I do have them on and off the air. And uh yeah, so I'm I'm glad they're they're worthwhile in that. Uh, some of some of you out there, like I know, Canyon told me once before that he he enjoyed when I got fired up. So I enjoy it too. It's a good stress reliever for me. But yeah, uh, thanks for the review, of course. And Donovan from Philly. I don't think we have Donovan from Philly. I wonder if that's actually a real name or if it's a Donovan McNabb reference. I don't know. But we haven't had a Donovan call in, have we?
0: I don't think so. I want to say we had a caller from Philly at one point, but I don't think it was a Donovan.
1: So if you haven't called in we appreciate the review but we want to hear from you guys too we we like hearing from you guys more than we like reading what you write i mean twitter's great emails are great uh and the and the reviews is hugely appreciated but we really like hearing your guys voices and your thoughts uh so so we would like to encourage you to call in and leave a voicemail if you if you feel uh willing and able
0: yeah absolutely and please you know if you want to hear your review uh read on the show you can do so Uh, on on iTunes please five-star reviews helps other Buccaneers fans find us when they search for Buccaneers content and of course Donovan you especially buddy give us a call at 813-444-5841 next week we really ramp up the draft coverage the draft is less than one week away as you are hearing this So we fully expect to get some more draft questions and we will have as much draft coverage as possible. Make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely phenomenal weekend. And uh, don't forget to celebrate. Happy North Dakota Day. Shout out, Chef Aaron. Thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked On Box. North
1: Dakota Where the Badlands call Home is called home to me North Dakota